0: Hello, 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 and welcome back to Hollywood Hero. I'm your host Layla Palmer, and today I am back with the podcast where I delve into the lives of the entertainment industry's most acclaimed personalities. So we have a lot to go through today. Today is going to be kind of a longer episode, so I kind of want to just get right into what we're doing today. So today I'm so excited because I'm talking about someone who frequently appears in some of my favorite movies. These movies are the Marvel movies, of course, and I love the movies and all of their characters, but Samuel L. Jackson's character, Nick Fury, is certainly one of my favorites. Today I'll be talking about how the actor and producer Samuel L. Jackson got his start in the entertainment industry, but I'm diving a little bit deeper into some of his iconic movie roles movie and tv enthusiasts adam marcy and robin are joining me today on their podcast the black case diaries they discuss and learn about their favorite tv shows and movies today i've invited them to have discussion with me about some of the films samuel l jackson has been in until then let's learn about what led to those roles and how he started his career in acting So I know that's a much quicker start than what I usually do, but today is going to be a longer episode, so I didn't want to do too long of an intro, Uh, so let's just get right into things. Samuel Leroy Jackson was born on December 21st, 1948 in Chattanooga, Tennessee. He was an only child, and his parents were separated. His father was Roy Henry Jackson, and he'd only met him twice. He lived in Kansas City, and he eventually died of alcoholism. Samuel L. Jackson lived with his mother, Elizabeth, but her parents and other family members also helped raise him. When he was just two years old, his aunt Edna taught him how to read. She was an elementary school teacher. According to Jackson, she forced him to do a lot of things he didn't want to do when it came to school. Since everyone who took care of him had jobs, no one could stay home and babysit him during the day when he was so young. So Jackson's aunt took him to school with her. He was pretty well behaved for a two-year-old, When her students didn't know the answers to questions, Aunt Edna would call his name and he'd have the answer. Unfortunately, this upset her students, and they would taunt him for it. A few years into his childhood, Samuel L. Jackson developed a stutter, and he was bullied a lot for it. It was debilitating, and the bullying was so severe that he stopped speaking at school completely for almost an entire year. Until he discovered the word, motherfucker. Yeah, you heard me. He realized this vulgar word, usually used to describe some despicable person or thing, could be used to stop his stutter. He also had speech therapy to correct his stutter, but that's so much less fun than imagining him saying motherfucker all the time. To this day, Samuel L. Jackson still uses this word to stop his stutter, and it's become a staple in his films. By 2014, he used it 171 times in movies, and since then, he's added much more. Considering he grew up in the 50s, Samuel L. Jackson went to several segregated schools throughout his childhood. Eventually, he graduated from Riverside High School and went on to study marine biology at Morehouse College. After he started classes there, he joined an acting group and quickly realized how much he enjoyed it, so he switched his major. When Jackson was a sophomore at Morehouse, he was an usher at Reverend Martin Luther King's funeral. You're probably wondering, how did he end up there? Great question. Dr. King's funeral was taking place in Atlanta, so the entire city was a chaotic mess, even the Morehouse and Spelman campuses. The morning of his funeral, Samuel L. Jackson went to Sister's Chapel, which is at Spelman campus, but there were people who needed help finding their way around the campuses, so he volunteered to help them out. Somehow along the way, he ended up becoming an usher for the funeral. After the events of Dr. King's death, Jackson came to a lot of realizations about Morehouse College and the type of students they were creating and it didn't please him, to say the least. He didn't like the lack of students involved in the board, or the fact that there wasn't even a black studies class at a historically black college. It makes sense that he was frustrated. Him and a group of other students petitioned to the board, but it didn't exactly work in their favor. While they were students at the HBCU, it was 1969. Change wasn't going to just happen like they wanted it to. So Samuel L. Jackson and a group of other students put up a fight. They initiated a lock-in. Which basically means they held the board captive until they got what they wanted. They spent a day and a half locked in with the board, making their statement, demanding change for the students, and negotiating that they wouldn't be expelled. Because, of course, they had the board locked in. So, they were breaking a lot of rules. Eventually, they were told they wouldn't be kicked out of school, but as soon as the year ended, so did their lives at Morehouse College. That summer, he left Atlanta for good and moved to Los Angeles, California. When he was living in LA, he got a job working in social services. He did this for two years until he decided to reapply to Morehouse. He returned to Atlanta to continue his education there in January 1971 as a drama major. He graduated from Morehouse in 1972 and then moved to New York City to officially begin his acting career. He was cast in an off Broadway play called A Soldier's Play along with Larry Riley and Denzel Washington. The show opened in 1981, and after one of its performances, Spike Lee, the iconic director who we all know and love, and Samuel L. Jackson were introduced to each other. This led to a budding friendship, and it also led to Spike Lee casting him in Samuel L. Jackson's first big movie. So now we're going to move on to the part of the episode where I bring on Adam, Marcy, and Robin from the Black Case Diaries podcast, and we're going to have a really fun discussion about Samuel L. Jackson's big hit movies. We're not going to discuss all of them because that would take way, way too long. That would probably be a five-part episode, but we'll discuss a few of them. And before we get into that, let's have a quick break for our sponsor. Okay, so I'm here with Adam, Marcy, and Robin from the Black Case Diaries podcast. Thank you guys all so much for coming. Yeah,
1: hi. You're welcome. Hi. Thank you for having us.
2: Yeah.
0: Today, we are going to have a discussion about Samuel L. Jackson and his incredible films that he's been in throughout the course of his career. So I'm so excited to get into all of that with them, especially since on their podcast, they get so in-depth about uh, so many cool, um, incredible films. So I'm super excited for that.
3: Oh, <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> We're excited too. He's got yeah. a great career for sure. So, uh, take it away. Sure. So, we have a list of his movies that we wanted to talk about. We don't have a really long list even though he obviously has a really long list of things <laughs> that he's been in. So, we thought we'd start with kind of kind of a little far ways back, but not not the very, very, very beginning of his career with uh do the right thing from 1989 have you seen this movie I have not I did look huh. a little
0: bit into it before this um I know that he was uh not I'm not sure if he was cast in it by Spike Lee but uh it came about by his friendship or whatever that happened with Spike Lee so I do know that
3: that's all that I do know though Yeah okay well it's uh <laughs> it's a pretty amazing movie actually I Just watched it recently, too, and I would recommend it to everybody.
2: Yeah, it's (laughs) on my list. (laughs)
3: Yeah, I mean, I feel like, I don't want to state the obvious, but Spike is like, a pretty good director. Um, So, this movie's pretty good. I really enjoyed it. But, so, a year earlier, actually, he was in a movie called School Days, which was, I think, only, like, the second big Spike Lee movie. And so, in "Do the Right Thing," he played Senior Love Daddy, <laughs> <laughs> and who is a radio personality. And in the film, he like so the way the movie works is it starts out with this really great opening title, and once and music is a big part of the movie, and so once that music stops, this is when we hear Samuel L. Jackson he kind of acts as a framing device for the movie. He pulls the audience through. There's even moments when he's speaking directly to the audience in the in like in the theater. Uh-huh. Not just the oh, characters. Cool. Yeah, and it's it's kind it's, of breaking the fourth wall there. Yes, yeah. And when he does it, it's not super obvious. It's kind of like as it's happening you realize, "Oh, he's talking to me." <laughs> 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 but it's only it's yeah, it, he's not in the movie a lot. They don't overuse him and it's it's He's perfectly placed throughout. So while they were actually on the set of that movie, Spike Lee started working on the screenplay for his next film, which is called Mo Better Blues, and he also gave Samuel L. Jackson a role in that movie as well. But in 1991, one year after, or sorry, two years after Do the Right Thing, Samuel L. Jackson was in another Spike Lee movie called Jungle Fever. Have any have you guys seen this movie? I have not. No. Okay. No. Alright, that's okay. So, this movie is, uh, it's got Wesley Snipes in it, who actually was supposed to be the lead and do the right thing. Anyway, ah. yes. But, so, Wesley Snipes was in this movie, and uh, Samuel L. Jackson plays his brother, who is a crack addict. And actually, Halle Berry plays his girlfriend. That's um a good cast. Yeah. And a lot of people cite this as one of his best roles, actually. Uh, a, One of his most emotional roles, at least. Because, and at the time, apparently he was recovering from his own addiction. Oh, wow. So he had recently left rehab when he was doing this role. Mm-hmm. So he had a really strong emotional connection to that role in, sorry, Jungle Fever. <laughs> As Gator. His name was Gator. Sorry. That's As, cute. Yeah. <laughs> so... But yeah, and it is emotional and it it's not doesn't have the, the happiest ending. But it is still it's wow. still a good one.
1: Spoilers, Robin.
3: Sorry. Uh, <laughs>
1: Spoiler alert. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, no, all of these movies are happy and you should watch them all. <laughs> Go-
1: <laughs> it it sounds like he and Spike Lee had a lot of good times. Yeah. It's like, yep, I want that guy again.
3: (laughs) Spike Lee has an eye for talent, for
1: sure. Oh, I believe it. Yeah,
3: he he, he definitely knows when he's, you know, he's good at picking out what he needs and what he wants.
1: (laughs) The next movie we want to talk about um, is one of my personal favorites. actually my favorite movie of all time. I've talked about it (laughs) at length here on our podcast. Jurassic Park, of course.
3: I actually thought maybe we shouldn't mention this
1: movie. No, I was going to bring it up whether you (laughs) left it on the list or not. (laughs) You couldn't stop me.
3: I thought, you know, this is probably when we can leave out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Not a no, b- no, it's no, an all-time favorite. Go. We have to. <laughs>
1: oh, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. See she's on oh, my come team. On. <laughs> See. Oh. Right. thank you for being on my side.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a great great film. We all we all know.
1: <laughs> so the the big famous line that he says in this movie, "Hold on to your butts," was actually um added to the script. After hearing Robert Zemeckis say it while he was, while they were reshooting, uh, the ending of Death Becomes Her.
3: Yeah. So there's a movie. Have you ever seen Death Becomes Her? You guys.
1: Mm-hmm. I have not.
3: I, no. I'm gonna stop asking. I'm starting yeah. to feel bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. we so so like that. I <laughs> I will no longer ask that question. Uh, Death Becomes Her is a really interesting dark comedy, uh, and yeah, when when the writers for Jurassic Park were working on That movie, they had to do reshoots, Mm -hmm. and apparently there were a lot of problems, and they were worried, that because they knew that those reshoots could only happen once. And knowing that those reshoots could only happen once, Mm -hmm. Robert Zemeckis said, hold on to your butts, (laughs) and he totally just didn't even remember that he said it, he just said it, and one of the writers put it in Jurassic Park. That's
1: That's so great, because it's such a good line. And obviously, in this movie, he plays Mr. Arnold, the one of the tech guys, who actually really tries his best to help everyone out and f- save the day. <laughs>
3: yeah, the hero. He's, I'd say he's one of the biggest
1: heroes in the he movie. He is. He is. He ends up um, not having a great time, <laughs> all things considered. But, yeah, he without him, I think it would have gone a lot worse.
3: I can't imagine the oh, yeah. movie without him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He but, steals every scene.
1: Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Every scene he's in is just the best. But according to him, his character's death was actually meant to be shown on film, but he was unable to shoot that scene because of a hurricane that destroyed the sets. Because, they, you know, mm-hmm. filming in mm-hmm. Hawaii, oh. yeah. they, they had a lot of storms to worry about. They had one on that day, so <laughs> yeah. actually he was still in California at the time. And he was like, mm, I don't think I'm going to fly out there for yeah. that. Yeah. So they ended up cutting the scene out. He was gonna, you know, they're gonna show the whole thing of him going into the power room to try to turn all the lights back on, um, like Ellie Sattler does only a few minutes later. Mm-hmm. But in my humblest of opinions, <laughs> I think that it ended up being a positive for the movie because yeah. the mystery of his death and just the reveal of him being yeah. gone is actually really satisfying. And then the big raptor reveal. It, it it works really well.
3: Yeah, I it just you know when I was a kid, uh, I watched this as a kid, and when they reveal that he has died with his arm,
2: yeah,
1: she
3: kind of backs up and the arm flops on her, and she's yep. like, oh thank God. <laughs> I did not get that that was him. I just was like, oh no, someone else died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the like- first
0: time I saw it, I was like, I didn't realize that it was his death.
3: Yeah, maybe until yeah. the
0: end. But the second time around, obviously, you realize it's him. But mm-hmm. I feel like it's kind of a nice, like, not not nice because he died, but an interesting, <laughs>
3: like, surprise. Yeah.
1: yeah. It is, it is, I mean, as far as death goes, it's mm. kind of cool.
3: <laughs> it's kind of a cool... It's a pretty it's, like impactful said, death. It's
1: impactful, yeah. it's a it's a mystery, mm-hmm. and then, you know, you obviously get the big ju- raptor jump scare right after that, so yeah, yeah. It, it works really well, but... Throughout the whole movie, his just his <laughs> attitude is just like I know what I'm doing. I'm calling. I know exactly what's <laughs> going wrong, but yeah, yeah. all of you fools around me are still dumb. He's the
3: engineer like, that's trying to undo all the harm. Yeah, and yeah. he probably honestly holds off on a lot of bad stuff happening. Yeah. by oh, yeah. being really smart. And yeah. you know, he probably did save people's lives. Mm-hmm. So,
1: and yeah, he, and For nobody sure. else probably would have thought to reset the power in the first place. Mm-hmm. So,
2: yeah.
3: Yeah. And I also love all the smoking he does in this movie. <laughs> oh my gosh. Lots so of much. lots of visuals. <laughs> I always heard that one of the reasons he dies is because Steven Spielberg likes to kill off characters <gasps> that smoke. Really? That's what I always heard. Wow. Yeah. But I don't know if that's true. I, I can never find any like but people have always told me that You should call him. You know what? That's true. I'll call him after this. Okay. See what he says. We'll add him to the Zoom call. That's right. yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: The next one we want to talk about is Pulp Fiction, another big one.
3: Marcy's favorite
2: movie. Oh,
3: God. Um,
2: Sure. (laughs) No, I got to give this one a second chance. (laughs) Yeah. All right. When Samuel L. Jackson auditioned for Quentin Tarantino's Reservoir Dogs, the audition didn't go well enough for him to win the part.
3: Yeah. Which they said at the time they knew he was a good enough actor. Yeah, But the problem was the people he was auditioning with weren't prepared, Mm. and so he got frustrated, and they said because he didn't handle the situation as well as they thought he should, they didn't cast him. Which But the people he was reading with were actually Quentin Tarantino and one of the producers of the movie.
2: Oh, wow. Oh, man, and he got frustrated. Yep. (laughs) Oops. But when Tarantino saw Jackson at the film's premiere, he told him he was writing a new screenplay with a character meant for him. Shortly after, Tarantino sent Jackson the script for Pulp Fiction.
1: Heck yeah. I believe that 100% because (laughs) when you see Pulp Fiction, you're like, nobody else (laughs) could play this role.
2: (laughs) The character Jules Winfield made Samuel L. Jackson a household name. It gave him an Oscar nomination, and it's still one of the most well-known performances, and solidified his place in pop culture history.
3: Heck yeah. Yep. At that point, even if he had never been in another movie again, mm-hmm. he people would have recognized his face. They would have yeah. known his voice. Mm-hmm. This was the moment. This is what this is what made him a movie star. Was yes. this? And I have to say, even if you don't enjoy the movie, his scenes are the best scenes. <laughs> yes, they're so enjoyable yes. to watch. Him and his wig just kill oh, it. Oh yes.
0: Oh, the hair is. It, I. It's honestly the fa- my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's great.
2: Which is really cool because they actually meant for him to have a different wig, but he got sent <laughs> this, what is it, it's a Jerry? It's a Jerry curl. He Jerry was supposed to have an wig. afro. Oh yeah. My gosh. And he got sent this Jerry curl wig and he <laughs> he refused to take get the other wig. He was like, No, I'm wearing this wig. That was yes. a great decision on his part because it's amazing. <laughs>
3: he he really knew what he was doing I, there. I noticed yeah. that about him. Like when I was doing lots of research, I noticed that there was a lot of times when he would tell a director or somebody, No, 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 I think this is the right way. And almost every time they seem to agree with him. So, so he definitely
2: knows what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. He's got a way with words. For sure. After Pulp Fiction, Tarantino and Samuel L. Jackson worked together on several more films, like Jackie Brown, Django Unchained, and The Hateful Eight.
3: Yeah. We. It, <laughs> the thing about those two movies, Jackie Brown and Django Unchained, in both of those, he plays kind of a villainous mm-hmm. character. Especially in Django Unchained, yeah. which I, I remember just being so blown away by that character and his acting was yeah. so. Yeah. And you know, with the hateful Eight, though, he's more of like an emotional center of the movie, mm-hmm. and I, th- I love it when he's kind of a vulnerable ish, more vulnerable character. Yeah. He can't. He's never really <laughs> very vulnerable. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's. He's always got that tough guy exterior to him, but. I, it's really fun because, like, all of those movies show that he's got a really wide range. Mm-hmm. You know, he—I think he's one of those actors that a lot of people think he's kind of one-note, right? Mm-hmm. But he's really not. He's—he's yeah. he's got so much going on. <laughs> so the next movie you want to talk about is a <clears throat> super simple, really, really, really fun movie. <laughs> I said I wasn't going to ask again, but have you guys have you guys seen this
1: movie? I've seen this one. Yeah.
3: Have you seen it, Layla? I have not. I've okay. not seen this one. Have you seen the first Die Hard movie? Yes, I have. Okay. okay. Alright, so Die Hard with a Vengeance is just as good as the first Die Hard. I will die hard on that hill. <laughs> I will let anybody... Like, seriously, I'm serious. I'd, I'd go there with you. These movies... So, the third Die Hard movie, if Samuel L. Jackson wasn't in it, it would not have been as good as it was. Yeah. So this movie is more like a buddy cop film. It's not like a simple, you know, one person saving everybody. We've got this cool, this cool team dynamic yeah. going on. There's a racial component to this movie. Mm-hmm. There's a really interesting, it's, there's a lot of really interesting scenes because of it. Samuel L. Jackson ends up saving John McClane's character because he's yeah. doing some questionable stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know and so there's just you know it's a really great team up so john mclean teams up with zeus carver played by samuel L. jackson and the two characters are perfect foils they hate each other they're thrown together despite their disdain and their chemistry is perfect and although jackson has appeared in several buddy cop films since like hitman's bodyguard for example uh, would yes. be i would say that would be another example yeah uh, none of them are as good as this movie. They're all trying to be this movie, <laughs> just can't but, reach it. But you know what? That's okay because this movie is just it's just perfection. You just yeah. can't you can't reach it. You know.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is the kind of movie that proves that Jackson fits into any kind of film, whether it's a popcorn flick or a critically acclaimed masterpiece. Yes. Yeah, this was definitely a range movie, which is great.
1: Um. And if we could move on to a not maybe to a lot of people not masterpiece.
3: Oh, okay, well, of, okay, well, well, I don't know if like Die Hard Three is a masterpiece. <laughs> True. I just, it's just a really fun movie to watch.
1: <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next one might be um difficult for some people, uh, because he was definitely in the Star Wars prequels. We all love the prequels, right?
3: What are you talking about? <laughs> I've never heard of those. What is, what is that?
1: <laughs> you know, the ones with the kid in the sand. That's, oh, okay. That's really coarse and irritating. Yeah, yeah. Right.
3: Are you a Star Wars fan, Layla?
0: N- I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. I've seen a few of them. Not
3: a huge fan, though, I have to that's, say. I mean, that's
0: yeah. totally fine. You know
1: fine. what? You're totally <laughs> fine. You're not missing out on a whole you, lot. You
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, you're safe with us. We We like Star Wars, but we're not.
1: we're not gonna hate on people who don't even care at all yeah because that's ridiculous (laughs) but anyway samuel jackson uh did make his mark on a lot of major franchises and star wars is no exception he appeared in all three of the prequels as mace windu the jedi master who famously wields a purple lightsaber Mm -hmm. which is very fancy if i do say it is oh sorry in the expanded Star Wars universe, there are explanations for the different colors and how rare the purple lightsabers are. You know, they they did that for the, the story of it. But in yeah. reality, Samuel Jackson just, um, he was like, oh, yeah, I want a purple one. <laughs> right. He's yeah. like, I like is purple.
3: In... <laughs> yeah, in the Star Wars universe, you know, it's like, okay, you've got red is bad guy. Yep. Blue, green, good guy. Uh, and it has to do with the crystals that they use yeah, and the way yeah. they're wielding the force and
1: all these grandiose yeah. <laughs> reasons. And Samuel <laughs>
3: Jackson was like, "Can I have a purple lightsaber?" <laughs> and George Lucas was like, "No, no, there are only these three colors." But then later on, he was like, eh, "You know what?
1: Whatever. Yeah, I <laughs> go
3: crazy with the purple lightsaber."
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and, heck, anyway, they kept it, because now mm-hmm. there are white ones and yellow ones. Yep. And, you know, whatever.
3: I, I yeah. like that they did that, you know? I do, yeah. I do too. Yeah.
1: But he, he wanted that just to make his character stand out, and obviously that worked out. Because he's uh. the only person since mm-hmm. to have a purple lightsaber, mm-hmm. so everyone knows yes. who Mace Windu is. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and his character is now in, like, so many different Star Wars things. um He actually... The canons of the movies, like the canon, said that he his character dies at the end of the episode three. Mm-hmm. Spoiler, sorry. <laughs> uh, that is the canon, but he kind of like changed that by yeah. saying, "I don't." In my mind, I don't think my character is dead. They don't really show me as a dead body.
1: Just, cr- yeah. just creak that door you, right open.
3: I don't really, I don't really think. And so people were like, "Oh, could yeah. he come back?" And he might. He probably will. Actually, be- because he just he started saying. Here's I'm- the
1: thing, as as somebody who has d- dived deep into Star Wars at times, <laughs> Jedi have the ability to like jump from really high places, yeah, yeah. and be fine.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So him falling out of a window—that's
3: what happened. Yeah,
1: doesn't seem to be like a definitive way to kill a Jedi because they can land that right. Yeah. So, yeah. they'd have to explain some other reasons. Exactly. exactly. I mean, they brought Darth Maul back. Yeah. So That's true. they yeah. can just write him back in. It's fine. And they, yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway. Also, <laughs> um,
2: it's Disney now, so definitely. That's, That's true. Right. That's right. <laughs> also,
3: yeah, uh, yeah. The, um, the first movie we talked about, Do the Right Thing, also had Giancarlo Esposito in it, ah. and he plays Moff Gideon in the new Ah-ha. Yes the Mandalorian so yes. there's more Star Wars stuff
1: it's with all these guys tied together right <laughs> the big reveal at the end of the Mandalorian is going to be is that race every when a lot of... yeah
3: yes. it's going to be that every single person that's ever starred in a Spike Lee movie is yeah. now <laughs> yeah. in Star Wars yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> all right our next one is unbreakable In M. Night Shyamalan's film Unbreakable, Samuel Jackson gave a memorable performance as the eccentric, comic-loving Elijah Price. It might not be his most famous role, but it's certainly a fan favorite.
1: I was just thinking that, because the movie is, you know, debated, I guess, among Mm. people. Some say it's really good, some say it's not so good. But everyone can agree that Samuel L. Jackson did really well in this movie and yeah. his character yeah. is one of the most fascinating of the whole thing.
3: Yeah. Too. This this is such an interesting concept of a movie and I really applaud it because I love you know it's really fun to to go to a theater and see something that seems just it just feels really original. Yeah. You know and that's that's what this movie felt like. It mm-hmm. felt like a cool cool comic book movie but not in the way that we all kind of think of comic book movies. You know, there weren't a lot of funny costumes or spandex or whatever it was, you know, back in 2000 that we would have expected to see in a comic book movie.
2: (laughs) He starred along Bruce Willis, just as he had in Die Hard 3. Mm -hmm. It's M. Night Shyamalan's favorite of all of his films, and it eventually led to a trilogy after almost 20 years, though. Yeah. Yeah.
3: They, the movie, first movie came out in 2000, and then... I think it was, like, 2017 was when yeah. they finally confirmed that it was going to be a trilogy. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Let's hope that M. Night Shyamalan doesn't have the same idea with another specific movie that he <laughs> That we shall not name here. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Layla, are you an Avatar: The Last Airbender fan? Uh, of course I am. All right. Well, okay. of course you are. <laughs>
1: well, well, they never. Everyone knows they never made a movie. So, yeah, the, there mean, was
3: never an M Night Shyamalan directed Last Airbender movie that came happen. out in 2010. That didn't happen. But uh, that's what Adam is referring
1: to. I mean, it's just a hypothetical.
3: <laughs> I don't think there ever could. I mean, it is pretty much. I, I've seen it debated as po- quite possibly the worst movie ever made.
2: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, so. <laughs> but, Unbreakable, we highly recommend if you haven't seen it already. It's certainly, like we said, a fan favorite.
3: Yeah, Unbreakable, one of the things, too, that Samuel L. Jackson, because he did come back for Glass. Yes. is Was the final movie of the trilogy. And he did say that, in the beginning, M. Night Shyamalan was kind of just, he was a dictator, he said. It was like... Uh. He would, tell him, he would tell him sometimes not to breathe before his lines and stuff. He'd be, like, wow. he'd be like, stop breathing, start breathing, look this way, look that way, be very, you know, he was very, very specific on how he oh, wanted wow. his lines delivered. And which is, you know, Samuel Jackson's like, that's fine, because yeah. I'm a professional, and I just, <laughs> that is totally fine with me. I'm
2: getting paid to do this. Yeah, like... yeah. Uh,
3: but he said when he did glass, he just basically let him do whatever he wanted.
2: Nice. Yeah,
1: maybe he learned a few things
3: over the years. <laughs> He's like, This guy knows the character. I don't think I have to He would tell him like you have to say the line again, but you have to emphasize this word mm-hmm. over that one. Yeah. So Well, in two thousand four, this is probably this is this is probably one of his most well known roles, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Ah yes.
3: Yeah, Samuel Jackson had the chance to showcase his voice acting talents in *The Incredibles* as yet another scene-stealing character, Lucius Best, aka Frozen. Yay!
1: Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. what else do you have to say? We're done. That's it. <laughs> <We don't
3: have laughs> that's, that's, it that's all there is to say. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. right. Yeah, he slid right into our hearts for sure. <laughs> yes, yeah, his voice, and his voice is unmistakable, you know, you watch the movie, you know it's him, mm-hmm. you know, but it's still, it's still, I mean, uh, it fits so perfectly to that character. Uh, Pixar movies have been making film re- references since the beginning, and The Incredibles is actually references Die Hard with a Vengeance, which we talked about hey, only a couple yeah. minutes ago. Yeah, so there's a scene, do you remember this scene in the movie, guys, where they are trying to stop the bank robbery? Frozone yeah. and Mr. Incredible yeah. are yep. listening to the scanner, and they stop the bank robbery, and the police come in and, and immediately assume that they are the ones robbing the bank. Ah, and he yes. pulls yeah. a gun on Frozone, and Frozone says, I just need a drink of water. I just, I just need a drink. And, uh, you know, they're like, freeze, freeze! And then he freezes the guy, because he finally gets his water. water. <laughs> well, there's a scene in Die Hard 3, where Samuel Jackson needs to answer the phone. And if he doesn't answer the phone, then a bomb is going to go off. But the police do not understand this. Yes. And so they are holding a gun on him and they're saying, like, freeze, freeze, and he has, I just have to answer the phone. Or I just have to make a call, so he says, yeah. I have just let me and it's exactly the almost yeah. the cadence, almost yeah. everything is exactly the same, but the situations are just different. Nice. So yeah.
1: Wonderful. <laughs> yes.
3: It's pretty cool. So I know Layla, you're a big fan of Marvel. Huge, huge, huge Marvel fan. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's what we thought at the, you know, at the end of our spiel here, we might talk about Marvel just a little bit because I don't know if yeah. you know this, but Samuel L. Jackson is in Marvel movies. What? I yeah, I actually did know this. <laughs> 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 Had you heard? <laughs> oh my gosh. So when Mar- the writer Mark Miller and artist Brian Hitch started working on the Ultimates comic book series in the early 2000s, they modeled Nick Fury after Miller's favorite actor, Samuel L. Jackson. Not knowing that Jackson is a fan of comics, they didn't contact him for permission to use his likeness.
1: Whoopsie-daisy.
3: Yeah, they didn't know he was a comic book fan, but in reality... He has a poll list at his local comic shop, so he walks in and say they he walks in they say oh Mr. Jackson here's all the comics that are waiting for you all the newest issues oh of you gosh. know that's so cool yeah and so when he walked in he saw the reboot of the Incredible uh, Incredible sorry the reboot of the Avengers and saw him <laughs> in the comics <laughs> and was like um <clears throat> what. <laughs> So, when the actor saw the new comics, he had his agents contact Marvel. He allowed them to continue to use his likeness as long as Marvel agreed to cast him as Nick Fury in any films they made with the character. Wow. At the time, yeah. geez, Smart. At the time there was no such thing as the MCU, and the likelihood of that happening seemed small. So, they really didn't think it was going to happen. They were like, oh, sure, of course, oh my gosh, we're so sorry. And he was such a comic book nerd, he was like, yeah. oh, I don't care that you did it. Actually, I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. But, but you have to cast me as the character now. And there is even an issue where all the Avengers are talking, and they're asking, who do you want to play you in the movie? And when they ask Nick Fury, he says, Samuel L. Jackson, of course. <laughs> 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 when Iron Man came out, Marvel fulfilled its promise and Jackson appeared in the final minutes to signal the beginning of a new film universe.
1: What a reveal! That was.
3: you guys remember? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty incredible. That's I
3: mean, I had no idea. Yeah.
0: That that w- that that <laughs> happened.
3: It's so cool. What a cool. I mean, I'm glad that there's a story that interesting. <laughs> yes. Yeah, honestly, yeah. Yeah. He's just a magnet for interesting things, I I just feel yeah. like.
1: Mm-hmm. It, it really makes me happy that he's a big nerd about it. And he's like, yeah, yeah, this is great that I'm in a comic. Yeah, you know?
3: he's, he's a nerd. He wanted to be in Star Wars. He wanted yeah. to be in the comic book movies. Yeah, Yeah, those are all things he was excited about, <laughs> wanted to be in. So, yeah, so there are um, quite a few of those
2: movies. There's 11 appearances and counting, starting with Iron Man, then Iron Man 2, Thor, Captain America the First Avenger, The Avengers, Captain America the Winter Soldier, Avengers Age of Ultron, Avengers Infinity War, Captain Marvel, Avengers Endgame, and Spider-Man Far From Home.
3: Yeah, and there's more that are going to come, and there's TV shows. and
2: Anxiously Waiting.
3: Yes. (laughs) What's your favorite Marvel movie? Um... Captain America, The Winter
2: Soldier. Oh, that's yeah. a great one. That is a good one. I think we saw that yeah. one like three times in
1: Tug, theaters. Tugs at my collar, I haven't seen that You yet.
2: haven't seen that one? That's like... <laughs> have, I have you seen, <laughs> seen,
1: I have you seen, seen any of them? of them? I've seen all of them, but two. Oh. And it oh, happens okay. to be <laughs> The Winter Soldier <laughs> and Captain Marvel. I haven't seen those. Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but I've not seen so the bad. rest.
3: Well... Samuel Jackson's got a, quite a big role in Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah and yeah. Captain Marvel. Yes, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. he has a huge role in Captain I mean, Marvel. What have I done? I hear, I
1: hear. Actually, a lot of people really, really like the Winter Soldier. Yes, yes. particularly because yeah, when I you know when I saw the next movie after that, and I was like, who the heck is this guy with the robot arm? <laughs> <laughs> you know, who's this other character that they're all like complete friends with already? And I'm like, oh. I guess I missed. I out. guess I missed a movie. <laughs> that's, a, that's an important bit there.
3: Yeah, there's a whole, a whole thing where I kept thinking, watching those movies, that Samuel L. Jackson, that Nick Fury was gonna die you know, oh. at some point. There were so many times where it seemed like that was going to happen. <laughs> so it was just like,
0: did yeah.
1: he get, did he get dusted? Did he, he get thanos? So did. in a way, he kinda...
3: and then he came yeah. back, and then
2: it's yeah. like, oh, yeah.
3: Nick Fury's back everything's good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my gosh that was the thing that always got me too because they did the dusting and then they had all those movies where the dusting just happens yeah you know like the no, like no the build up to it. yeah yeah know? like an ant-man yeah. and then it's just i was watching wandavision it happens in wandavision yeah. and stuff when they all return and everything and it's just like that it's such an interesting idea what what it was like if you had no context if you didn't know yep. it was about to happen or didn't know and
2: then just all of a sudden
3: yep yeah so <sighs> that's what we've got yeah yeah that was that was great i
2: okay. mean <laughs>
0: that that was that was really great and especially because i mean i feel like about half of them i haven't really seen so uh-huh. um yeah now you know to watch. Yeah, so now you know to watch. Yeah, I have a really nice list of things to watch. So yeah. um, that was really great. Um, can you let everyone know where you can find your podcast and yeah, when you sure. upload new episodes?
1: Yeah, we, we are a weekly podcast. We upload every Thursday. And if you want to find all that stuff, you can go to BlackCaseDiaries.com. It's got everything you could possibly want and more. <laughs> <laughs> also like to shout out a pay- our Patreon as well. If you have a couple of uh, sp- popcorn money to, to <laughs> spend to support our show, we'd appreciate that too. You can find that on the website also. Yeah, yeah. Piece of cake.
3: Yeah, and of course, make sure you listen to all of Layla's episodes. Yes. Absolutely. They're delightful.
1: Just before recording today, I listened to the one on Jim Carrey. We
3: all love Jim Carrey. That's yeah. why we all <laughs> listen to that one. We all, all the- <laughs> so Obviously, your show is wonderful, too, Layla. Yeah. Thank you so much thank for asking you. us to be on your show. Of course, yeah. This this was great. Thank you guys so much for coming
0: on. Yeah. Um, and with that, we reached the end of the episode. Thank, thank you, uh, everyone, so much for listening. If you want updates on the podcast, uh, you know what to do. Go over to Hollywood Hero Pod on Instagram and follow me for more updates. And um, that's it. I'll okay. see you all week's pod.